Broadcasting from Sydney, Australia, this is Front and Centre with Emilio Garcia. Brought to you by TheUnshackled.net. Donald J. Trump. To many, he represents the end of global elitism and government, reigning in the era of government by the people for the people. Others find him objectionable, unpresidential, crude, ignorant, and dangerous. Somewhere between the claims that Trump is the greatest thing to happen to global politics and the claim that Trump is reincarnated Hitler looking to start World War III lies the truth. We'll be exploring that truth today on Front and Center. Hello and welcome to Front and Center. Thank you so much for being with us today on this episode. We are going to be talking today about Donald Trump. I thought it would be a good time to talk about Donald Trump since it was recently the one-year anniversary of his election. Now, whether you like Donald Trump or not, his election is clearly a significant historical event. And no matter where you live, Trump's election affects you in one way or another. Before we continue, in the interest of full disclosure, I should say that I'm not pro-Trump. Uh, if you watch my daily podcast, or really almost any podcast, I think you'd know that uh, I'm not really a fan. That being said, I do recognize what he's done that is good and bad. Try to be objective in my interpretation of all Donald Trump actions. But I thought that you should know where my biases land before we start. In this episode, we're going to be looking at Donald Trump, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we'll be doing that right after this short break. I want to take a second and ask you to go to theunshackled.net and download your free ebook, The Unshackled Battlefield. Learn about the founding principles of The Unshackled and what made the organization what it is today. And since I have you, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks, and now back to the show. Welcome back to Front and Center. I'm Emilio Garcia. On today's episode, we're talking about Donald Trump and how he has done in his first 10 months in office. We're going to begin by looking at the most important campaign promises. The first, and perhaps the most iconic Trump promise, is this one here. We need to build a wall, a big, beautiful wall. Build a wall. We're going to build a wall. We need a wall. We're going to build a wall. I built a wall 2,000 years ago. China built the Great Wall. Built a wall. Build a wall. Build a wall. Build a wall. Build the wall. Yes, building a wall on the Mexican-American border seemed to be one of the most energizing talking points of Donald Trump. It was even more energizing to make Mexico pay for it because forcing a third world country to pay for a project that does nothing for their own interests is just so gosh darn patriotic. However, Mexico isn't going to pay for the wall, and it seems like Donald Trump is totally cool with that. In the call, Mr. Trump says if you're going to say that Mexico is not going to pay for the wall, then I do not want to meet with you guys anymore because I cannot live with that. I'm willing to say that we will work it out, but that means it will come out in the wash, and that is okay. Believe it or not, this is the least important thing that we are talking about, but politically, this might be the most important. Peña Nieto stood firm, saying that my position has been and will continue to be very firm, saying that Mexico cannot pay for that wall. The president's response, but you cannot say that to the press. The press is going to go with that, and I cannot live with that. You cannot say that to the press because I cannot negotiate under those circumstances. These transcripts are pretty damning. Essentially, he's telling Peña Nieto, just keep a low profile on this subject and don't worry, we won't be forcing Mexico to pay for the wall. And he also says that it doesn't even matter to him, that it's just politically important. Another one of Trump's campaign promises was the repeal of Obamacare. 
When we win on November 8th, I will ask Congress to convene a special session so we can repeal and replace. And it will be such an honor for me, for you, and for everybody in this country, because Obamacare has to be replaced. Now, how did that go? Republicans failing to unite behind the health care bill. So today's vote has been canceled, and that denies Republicans a potent bit of symbolism. Breaking news right now, the Republicans' Obamacare repeal failed in the Senate tonight. The vote, 49 to 51. Mr. Peter. The repeal effort has been disastrous for a number of reasons mainly because a lot of Republican voters and conservatives get their insurance through the Affordable Care Act. And we're not pleased to hear that Obamacare being repealed actually meant no more health care, bless their hearts. In fact, there were a lot of people that didn't know that Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act were the same thing. Now, it seems that they're trying to sneak the repeal in with the new tax plan. In terms of Trump's campaign promises, he has been able to fulfill the end to new regulations, leaving the Paris Climate Accords, nominating a constitutionalist to the Supreme Court. And he also left the TPP, and he attempted to uh, install a Muslim ban. However, that obviously didn't go too well. There are many other uh, campaign promises that he did. You know, he would throw out a new one almost every day. So I can't really go on them. So I'm going to skip all of that and move on to one of the biggest shadows cast on the Trump presidency collusion with Russia. Now, before we go any further, or before you take to Twitter to call me a cuck, let me just explain to you what I see in this issue. Collusion is not necessarily illegal. It is possible that Donald Trump's campaign colluded with Russia. And if they offered nothing in return, no quid pro quo, then it's not illegal. Only if Trump offered something in return, for example, lifting sanctions, would the collusion then be a huge crime? Stand where you will on the issue, whether you think it's all a hoax or that Trump is in the pocket of Russians, the fact of the matter is there are literally lots of red flags. Here's a Bill Maher video that I've edited down a lot, and obviously it's very crass, very lefty, but I think it's pretty funny, and it helps give you an idea of what we know so far. The crime we're tracking starts in the 90s with this man, Donald Trump, a.k.a. Fat Donnie. <laughs> a.k.a. Donnie Retweets, a.k.a. Edward Baby Hands. <laughs> a string of bankruptcies had made Fat Donnie a deadbeat on the street, but somehow he keeps getting money from somewhere. But where? Well, according to this man, Don Trump Jr., a.k.a. Donnie Douchebag, he said Russians make up a pretty disproportionate cross-section of our assets, an admission corroborated by this man, his brother Eric Shortbus Trump, who tells his golfing buddies, we don't rely on American banks. We have all the funding we need out of Russia. Bingo! Sarah Palin might see Russia from her house, but Trump could see it from his bank account. And that's when he decided he was bored with Melania and ready to fuck someone new. America! <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, this man, ex-KGB agent Vladimir Putin, a.k.a. Vladdy Bats, <laughs> a.k.a. the Bodfather, <laughs> 
is looking to install a stooge in the country he still hates. Paul Manafort, a.k.a. Paulie Numbnuts, <laughs> a.k.a. Slime Shady, currently under investigation by every agency in the U.S. except William Morris. <laughs> so it raised eyebrows when one day, out of nowhere, he becomes campaign manager for Fat Donnie. And here's a coincidence. Paulie Numbnuts used to be partners in a lobbying firm with Fat Donnie's albino assassin, <laughs> Roger Stone, who happens to be Twitter pals with Guccifer, a.k.a. Russian intelligence. And they've been hacking the Democratic Party's private emails and sending them to this man, WikiLeaks founder and Hillary hater Julian Assange, a.k.a. Gay Richard Branson. <laughs> On October 7th, 2016, at 1.03 p.m., the famous Access Hollywood tape is leaked, which should have been Fat Donnie's ticket to Mitt Romneyville. <laughs> But 29 minutes later, WikiLeaks announces it suddenly came across a trove of DNC emails and releases the first 2,000. Every intelligence agency in America says the hack came from Russia. But our president, who supposedly is defending our country, doesn't agree and says it could be anybody. Like the meeting Donnie Douchebag set up with eight Kremlin-connected Russians in the middle of the campaign that he said was about adoptions. Could be, except it wasn't. An email turned up addressed to Donnie promising very high-level and sensitive information that is part of Russia and its government's support of Mr. Trump. Little Donnie's response? I love it! Because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Everybody lies about knowing Kislyak, except for fat Donnie, who invites him right into the Oval Office to yuck it up the day after he fired this man, FBI Director James Jimmy the Giant Comey, a.k.a. the Boy Scout, a.k.a. the election fucker. <laughs> who'd been investigating the whole mess. It all adds up. The only thing we don't have is a confession. When I decided to just do it, I said to myself, I said, you know, this Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made-up story. Watergate was follow the money. This case is roll the videotape. <laughs> In the video, they mentioned the Russian prostitutes, which we know now wasn't true. Uh, also, Papadopoulos wasn't mentioned. The recent issues with Donald Trump Jr. and uh, WikiLeaks apparently was also uh, a big nothing burger. And uh, even though uh, uh, there's a lot that I don't like about this video, it goes to show that there really are a lot of question marks revolving Trump and Russia. So to say that there's nothing to be concerned about is just ludicrous. To say that we already have a smoking gun, that is also ludicrous. Lastly, I'd like to show how Trump has done in general, in other areas of his presidency. The one thing I absolutely commend of Donald Trump is appointing General Mattis, or as he's known, Mad Dog Mattis. It is safe to say that under his leadership, ISIS has been suffering some of its biggest defeats and have gone from a land-owning militia to a bunch of pussies running for their lives. Moving on to James Comey, Trump did not do any favors to himself by firing him. First of all, it looks bad. If Trump had nothing to hide, he should have just cooperated fully and made sure that the silly investigation came to an end soon. Instead, he fired a sitting FBI director. He said it had nothing to do with Russia at first, but then, as we saw in the previous video, went on TV and said this. When I decided to just do it, I said to myself, I said, you know, this Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made-up story. This may actually be considered obstruction of justice. Not good. 
Trump has also had some great trips abroad. His speech in the Middle East was very presidential and very accurate. I was especially impressed with his speech in Seoul, where he sounded tough and diplomatic when talking about North Korea, and he's handled himself very well in China, a country that before his visit was raping America, but now apparently is our BFF. This brings us to the centrist conclusion segment of the program. Donald Trump's black swan election introduces us to global politics like we've never seen before. Since he took office, Donald has been radically inefficient legislatively, failing to pass a single law within his first 10 months in office. This has led him to govern through mostly executive order, something he criticized Obama strongly for doing. That being said, many of his executive orders have had some positive effects on the economy, with no more red tape being added to existing restrictions as well as promises of tax cuts and decreasing regulation, the stock market has rallied. His promise to tax high-income earners more and the middle class less has turned out to be adjacent to a total lie. Every relevant economist has said that the tax reform being proposed disproportionately benefits high-income earners and would only work for the middle class in a trickle-down economics context. His use of Twitter and his inability to stay quiet on certain issues have certainly done him no favors. Though many see this as Trump fighting back against the establishment on behalf of people that can't do it themselves. The truth of the matter is that until we see what Trump has done in his first term in office, we won't be able to accurately judge his presidency. That's the end of Front and Center. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you to the Enshackled for allowing us to use their platform. If you have any ideas or opinions, tweet at me at FRNT and Center or find me on Facebook. I'll read the most interesting comments on the air. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, there are always two sides to the story, so always keep it central. Thanks for tuning in to Front and Center. Please visit frontandcenter.net.au for all the ways to subscribe and follow the show. Don't forget to pick up your free ebook at theunshackledbattlefield.net. And keep checking out theunshackled.net for all the latest news and commentary.